sometimes that challenge and that conflict is, is a little bit addicting. But yeah. Just to make sure to cover everybody's butts here, you know, what you're really doing is you're selling the contractor's perspective. Every inspection should be looking at three things. What are my liabilities? What's the construction? And okay, what's the damage? Because if I'm doing that on all of them, I'm in pretty good shape. Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads podcast. And today I have the pleasure of having John Cenac of NTS yes. and uh, of Name That Shingle group on Facebook fame. Um, I am curious, what is your uh, what is your take? A lot of folks have, you, you mentioned to me that they are processing claims wrong and they're gonna get less roofs bought. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the, the high level things that you're seeing right now? Feel free to give a little bit of your background as well. Well, let's, 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 let's give everybody the high level things and I'll give a little of my background. Yeah. The high level things that I think are missed when a contractor is going out and they're handling any part of the claim, because again, they're not managing it, they're not a PA, but a very, very uh, quick or short or insufficient initial inspection and then <laughs> That affects the adjuster meeting, and then that affects the information that you present and the evidence that you present. And they kind of run in that course, but all three of those things are probably lacking certain pieces, and they're just not robust enough to make that quick, efficient, and managed well. Absolutely, and for some reason that instantly made me think of the sales process. Uh, Benny Fisher Sales Transformation Group has been selling me on this idea that you have to do a deeper understanding of, in the sales process, at the front end, you need to gather all the pain and the, the key points that people need and stuff like that. And then you use those later and you yeah. don't rush any of those things. It reminds me a lot of this fact finding mission that you're on, on a good inspection. You know, any good sales training program is talking at some point about overcoming the objections before they become objections, mm -hmm. right? So if you know the challenges you face through the entire life cycle of that claim, mm -hmm. why do we keep facing them over and over and over again consistently and then only handle those hurdles in that moment? If we know in the selling process that the homeowner often has a question about the deductible, why don't we be the one to introduce them, right? That's a mm -hmm. selling strategy that we yeah. use. We should use similar strategies from our inspection to our adjuster meeting to presenting any supporting evidence and documents that we mm -hmm. have, but we better get as much as we can on the front end to make our life easy and have more time across the board to do everything else we want to do. Love it. We're going to dive into all that on this podcast. Can you give us a little bit of like your John the Roof Pro, right? Yes. On social media um, and NTS is your baby along with TJ Ware. Yes. And you guys um, are shingle identification. You, you kind of got, got this come up as this guy that knew how to identify discontinued <laughs> shingles. It's, like, it's a very niche. Like it sure is. Badass. So yeah. I really, I, I have, my background really consists of three core things. I've been the roofing sales side for a long time. I'm coming up on 10 years on that side. But I've got a strong selling skill set, which is really helpful. I think that's, that's helped sharpen my acumen. And it helps me when I work in front of teams, classes, people, that I do have that in my background. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. But then John the Roof Pro is where I do all the consulting through. I'm able to go out, teach classes through that, do private trainings on sites, uh, build my entire process into their process, whatever it is, I do a lot of different private trainings. Um, and then NTS is a partnered business, a couple of owners involved in that, and we right now are focused on shingle identification and reporting, which has been an absolute blast. We're working on adding other surfaces to the mix. We're considering tile and siding. We're beta testing those products now as well. Um, so it's been so much fun to develop that program and watch it grow. 
but uh, there was one key company doing identification and reporting. And when every time, anytime I look at a monopoly, I'm like, is it good? Could it could it change? Is it time to modify this? Can and I best tell way that it? I could beat this? <laughs> it's not you even. Know? It's not even. Can I tell it. that I would be? able to do something better than this? Can if, I tell that there needs to be an a, a alternative? Alternative. That's be, the question you have to ask yourself. Because if it's lacking something, and I think I can bring that thing to the table, you, you introduce that disruption, and yeah. you usually find that there's some balance obtained. Sure. Do you beat it? No. But does it change both mm -hmm. them and your process? When you introduce that disruption, disruption's a good thing because it does start balancing whatever you've disrupted. Mm -hmm. That's really, with good intent, that should be what happens. And that's what we did with NTS, was like, let's, let's change the climate of identification, starting with shingles and what reporting looks like for that as well, and then we'll see where else do we go from there. I like it, and you're thinking bigger, mm -hmm. because somebody, you, you know, whatever system that is either holding you back or that you're a part of or that is going on in whatever industry, like somebody made that system at some point. That, it's not like this wasn't created and it's uh, like question things, you know yeah. what I mean? I like that you've questioned this and you've decided to build something. Could this be better? Yeah. Could it be different? Yeah. And what does different look like? So yeah, it's been a lot of fun to do that. A whole lot of fun to do that. Awesome. So I feel like part of the, this idea, we're, we're selling more roofs essentially that's a way to think of it, to insurance by creating better documentation from the beginning instead of trying to do it in a lazy way at the beginning and then having to do it later and getting all, all these fights. Maybe you don't need to get in so many fights, even though you know, I know a lot of roofers like, like the like, tussle with the, roof, with the insurance company. Sometimes that challenge and that conflict is, is a little bit addicting. But yeah. Just to make sure to cover everybody's butts here, you know, what you're really doing is you're selling the contractor's perspective and all yeah. the things that are that are implicit for the contractor. So I say yeah. staying in your sandbox, right? Yeah. So I'm presenting this, the contractor sandbox to the adjusters, to the insurance company in the states where you're actually allowed to do that, obviously. Um, but you're presenting all the evidence relevant to things that would affect the contractor, yeah. the things you need on that, why this can or can't be done, what are the implications, what's needed on yeah. the scope. So when you're focused on that, it's great, but it really does. I've systemized my process so much just to allow more time. Then you have time to do other things. You have time to sell more, you have time to spend with family, you have time, but you have to sell the contractor's needs, like what actually has to happen, what's in the contractor sandbox. Yeah. You have to sell that to whoever's reviewing it, whether that's the homeowner, the carrier, whoever it may be. So in the claim world, I need to be able to, to present my sandbox to them efficiently, effectively, good documentation, good supporting evidence, and I want to do it as quickly as possible because the end game, there's a homeowner waiting to see a project or something happen, yeah. right? That's really who matters most in that situation. Absolutely, yeah, I'm saying sell, but I mean that with the utmost respect. What I really mean is clarity in the presentation, clarity and full documentation. So what does that look like? What is, what is the ideal first inspection look like? And how have you seen companies implement processes to make sure that that's happening? So let's talk about what I think is going wrong in the inspection. Okay. I think some people develop damage blinders. They go out to a roof, they, they do a lot of storm damage restoration, they see what they believe to be damage, and it very well could be. And you kind of get damage blinders. You think you see enough to go through the claim and maybe you didn't put enough time in the front end process. You talked about 
the selling process, more time on the front end so you can manage the entire thing. Mm -hmm. I think a little more time on the front of the inspection sets you up to present all the documents, all the information, all the arguments, right? Because sometimes it is an argument, right? But basically you're selling what, what it, what's in our sandbox, right? If you're not using company cam, you're in the old ways. You know, if you are taking pictures, you're going through extra steps of having to download them on a computer, having to email them out to people, show somebody, print them out, whatever it is. Company cam has everything you want. So if you do more on the front end, if you have a very systemized process of what it looks like to do the elevations, what it looks like to look at the roof, I use, I have a phrase, every inspection should be looking at three things. What are my liabilities? What's the construction? And, okay, what's the damage? Because if I'm doing that on all of them, I'm in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. If I know the liabilities, these are things that catch up to you. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a crack in the driveway, the homeowner didn't notice it, and then you boom up material and they think you broke their driveway. That's a liability and it's gonna do what? Eat up time, waste your time, cost time, service you, issues, you, credits, right? Where are you taking, sir, all these pictures? <laughs> company cam, <laughs> right? Because then I can segment it in company yeah. cam. I can label them previous damage, yeah. all that type of stuff in company cam. And I can write reports. You can write reports that have 50 or less photos in them. So if I want to then, now we get into the inspection. Maybe I have a report or photos that are tagged just for my production team or the components on the roof. So my production team can go into company cam, check the tag product or components, and they can see every component on that roof. Awesome. But instead of getting damage blinders and just documenting damage, I have a picture of each component. I have a picture of the overall overview mm -hmm. of the roof. And then my production team or supplement team, whoever it is, Oh, let me, components, all right, here's all the pipe boots, the vents, the features. If you do that from the front end set of inspections, you've actually set yourself up to be as efficient as you can be throughout the entire claim life cycle. Mm. From the time it's initiated, understanding what an adjuster is gonna say no to in the first meeting, presenting all your supporting evidence, and then your supplement team or whoever's doing those, showing the line items or scope items that may exist because you have clear photos of that. Mm. All of it, just the heartbeat of it, exist on a very systemized first inspection and then the process of how it's managed from there. So I, again, but company cams have been a gold mine for me yeah. as far as what I do. I wrote a report on a uh, apartment complex um, and I wrote five separate reports in company cam. Uh, and again, this is process. I was only on the site once, um, but I wrote five separate reports and the end result of talking about all those reports of the insurance company was nearly a half million dollars added to that scope. My goodness. I love it. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to say is, um, let's say, wrong on this hand and then could be improved vastly by adding a few more steps to your, your process? Any other steps people are missing that they should have? Your average, let's say, two to seven million dollar roofing company. First of all, I, I agree that they need to have uh, something to house it in because one of the challenges yeah. with the smaller roofing companies is everybody's taking pictures on their phone and you're banking on your guys uploading them, mm -hmm. but company cam's perfect yeah, for that. Yeah. Like that's definitely yeah. a big one. Company cam can create an inspection checklist for you, mm. right? They can create tasks or lists that you have to follow, which is really I nice. love that feature. Isn't that new? It is very new. I right? love that. But then now I don't have to worry about, did they follow my process? Mm -hmm. And then if they do that well on the front end, they, again, they're going to have more time to sell. You're setting up whoever's involved because a $3 million company may have salespersons handling everything, yeah. but a seven or $10 million company may have a production person, a supplement person, somebody that sub, some of those roles and responsibilities are being handed off to. Mm -hmm. So defining what the front end looks like makes all the touch points for anybody else that's involved yeah. way, way, way better. So 
I, I really, I just can't harp enough that the, the beginning part is, is so much on the inspection. Um, but outside of that, I'd say knowing that, you know, there's been a lot of circulation of different videos and stuff and yeah. struggles that people have on claims. I know most of the no's I'm going to get from the front end because if you've heard it once, you're going to hear it again. So look for that in your inspection. Mm. You know, they're going to say thermal cracking or old or weathered. Can I really identify that in my first inspection? Is that mm -hmm. part of my process? Yeah. That way when I show up and meet that adjuster, I already know that the, the, the three no's I'm probably gonna get on this one are blistering and thermal cracking yeah. and no date of loss. Well, okay, I have really good storm data. I, have, I know there's blisters, but then that's different than the size of this. And I know there's thermal cracking, but then that's different than what a wind crease looks like. But understanding those going in and not again, don't get damage blinders. Oh, I see damage but I didn't look at really what, what are the implications, what's going on with this roof assembly? Love it, yeah, and I mean like, not that anyone in the roofing industry needs a uh, big reminder, but like recently there was viral videos that got sent to us by people outside of the roofing industry <laughs> that are like, what, hey, what do you think about this? Isn't this crazy of people arguing with adjusters? And what is your take on that? Like more generally like is that bad for the reputation of roofers and is that good or not good for the you know people at large knowing that sometimes insurance companies do shady stuff if you haven't tried signposts, you definitely should. We help answer calls, acting as a backstop to make sure your leads don't get missed. We also help build up your reputation by generating five-star reviews. Come check us out at signpost.com. I think people at large know that sometimes insurance companies do sh shady stuff and sometimes contractors do shady yeah. stuff. <laughs> so I think that the answer to your question is good and bad, but let's look at both sides. Here's where it, here's where it hurts. Uh, it hurts because the particular video, it was very clear there was a person on the roof and an adjuster on the roof and they're recording and there was a confrontation about construction implications. So where it's bad is it, it hurt that area. It kind of created this stigma of other companies, uh, other adjusters showing up and they'd seen that that company video existed and they were they were showing up seeing that company's name and saying hey you can't record us what's the emotional stuff going on behind there everybody going to the claim process we hope is looking at it unbiasedly but if they're showing up and before they even get on the roof they're introducing some level of conflict or emotion and stuff like that it can hurt that environment so likewise i had contractors in ohio and pennsylvania messaging me like hey ever since that viral video went out adjusters are showing up saying you can't record us because both adjusters contractors and consumers the homeowners even saw that video you get those ray-bans that yeah, just allow you to that just click it right and you can you can record <laughs> but the so the, the harm the harm that's created is it, it made both the carrier and the roofer look a little bit bad uh, but if you watch all of it I do think that that individual did a great job of something crucial in the process, asking a lot of questions, right? One of the things that we challenge, that we're challenged with when we work with any selling process or any interaction is if you're truly looking to present your case, that, that can be done through questions sometimes a lot better than just statements. And in that video, there was a lot of questions. Will you, treat, will you try this? What do you think of this? Will you give it a shot? 
and the, those generate responses, and the response is coming back from that, regardless of that individual's tone or inflection, that time it seemed frustrated. Mm -hmm. The questions were great. And I think that that really what was, that's what was good going on there. And what most people don't know about that video is the homeowner was on the ground equally or even more frustrated, actually asking similar questions and, and barking out some questions and statements. So the individual on the roof who was then asking questions was doing what he thought in that moment was the best way to present the customer's side, the homeowner's side, right? And the contracting implications, the repairability of that system, mm. why we can't do this, why this won't work. And yeah, they stuck to their guns. And I think that there's some good to be taken from that. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to present information. Yes, we'd like to do it consistently, professionally, and logically every time, but we're all human. It's gonna get emotional from time to time. Mm -hmm. So it hurt because it created a lot of emotion and a lot of tension between some roofers and adjusters and adjuster meetings and not even in just that state. But I know that company very well and they're still largely successful and they've, they've got a clean process of how they do their inspections and don't get questioned, don't get asked about are they doing things wrong or illegitimate, vandalizing, any of those mm -hmm. things, right? And they've got a really clean process. Mm -hmm. So while they're, even their team got some questions about it, they've worked right through it. Because you know what? You can't control the results, mm -hmm. but you can manage your process. Mm -hmm. And that's all they did was like, okay, this thing happened, we're gonna get questions about it, it's gonna, you know, adjusters are gonna show up and say things like you can't record us, but just follow our process. Mm -hmm. And that's what they do is they manage their process. Absolutely. I mean, Fun last topic here, <laughs> just to, to loosen it's it up. good, because the rest of them were so boring. Yeah, I've got this, my, my dad has been sending in our group thread with all the brothers. My dad's awesome, super smart guy, engineer. Oh, nice. <laughs> but he's based on, I think, propaganda. And by the way, things I say don't reflect on John as far as his Vice perspective. Versa. <laughs> I, I think it's important to make that distinction because I might say some things that are a little antagonistic towards insurance companies, but it does not mean that that's what John's saying. I'm just clarifying. Um, but he's saying things like contractors in Florida, because there is a lot going on in Florida, and sometimes, yeah, some people rush in that are a little less than savory as far as contractors, but insurance companies are so good at propaganda. And I, you don't have to, to shake your head or anything but I they're good at propaganda they get in like even news channels say these things like there's in, these these roofers they're flooding our streets and they're all gonna you know be scamming people and these things like that like so there's like so he has this like almost like roofers are about to take advantage of us vibe from this storm that his his property in Sanibel Florida and I'm like I'm kind of sad because I like literally think that some of the most courageous people down in Florida right now are roofers getting into the middle of stuff, helping clean stuff up and then doing a lot of hard work and informing um, homeowners of their rights in some cases, you know, I don't know how much they're allowed to do that. So I'll, but like, how do you talk to a family member who's, who's believe, who believes that, uh, roofers are doing shady stuff. And I know that there are some, so I'm just, I, I'm trying to make this fun. I don't know how to say it. Uh, well, it's, I, so how do I convert my dad back to the, the side that he starts to believe in roofers again? 
everything's relative, and I think that's the basis of how you present that information. Yes, there are things that are going on that are wrong, but let's take Florida for an example. Very heavy on the licensing requirements there, right? There's already stories about scamming and people being arrested for not having a license and things like that. Problem is you get a lot of light shed on that. What you don't see is how many thousands of homes were tarped by quality roofers with a license and that has now solved that homeowner's problem and has saved them. Our podcast was so fun, the phone couldn't even handle it and it got cut off at the, there at the end. That's fine. I, I think that that's awesome. For anybody watching the podcast, thank you. I appreciate you taking time to watch Tim's podcast. There's so much great information out there. Tim's got a lot of it on his podcast, and I encourage you to continue to watch the podcast. If you want to follow up with me, connect with me, follow me. The best thing you can do is through social media platforms, any of them. It should just be John the Roof Pro, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. Um, what's the other one? Right? What am I missing here? TikTok. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. YouTube, I have a YouTube channel too that's John Rufo. That's got more some shingle knowledge on there. But the main thing is our Facebook group, name that roofing site again more. Previously, name that shingle. Lots of knowledge on there. Thank you so much for watching the podcast. Take it easy, everybody.